0: Talking about Acts chapter 2 leads to some interesting discussions in church life. Um, First is the issue of living together in close proximity. This always leads to humorous discussions because it can be very difficult to imagine doing that sometimes with, with church family. We know our own foibles. We know the foibles of our own households. And then try to think how all of that would work in a larger group, well, it can just feel a bit beyond realistic, right? And I say this to you with most of us knowing full well how we've dealt with lockdown, how I've dealt with lockdown in the past. And of course, the other aspect is honestly quite frightening. It's this idea of sharing resources, sharing money, wealth. But, you know, these apostles pitch in Together, they combine their resources and they rigorously pursue the mission that Jesus has left with them. To learn through the apostles what Jesus had been teaching and to gather together to listen to each other. And to the Holy Spirit and to worship and to pray. And then there are the signs and wonders. And here's where it gets really bizarre. Wonders are miracles, healing, raising people from the dead, exercising demonic spirits, miracles of all kinds, really. And the book of Acts mentions this on nine separate occasions, signs and wonders. Incidentally, this is the same thing that God demonstrated for the Israelites on their journey throughout the wilderness. Every time he provides water to drink, food to eat, shelter, The Bible says he's performing signs and wonders. And then there are signs. Signs specifically are supernatural acts that followers of Jesus perform in order to demonstrate Christ's lordship. They're proof not only that there is a God, but that he's operating in the world in ways that defy natural explanations. Now here's the thing. The way that signs and wonders happen in the book of Acts is like this. The apostles don't just show up on the scene and say, ah, we're here as physicians, if you like, and we're only interested in your ailments and disabilities. We're going to diagnose them. We're going to heal you and then quietly be on our way. That's not what happens at all. And if you look closely, when signs and wonders happen, it's either right before or right after the apostles speak. And the thing that comes out of their mouth time and again, the thing that they're saying is very specific. It is the story of Jesus Christ. And very specifically, the story of his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. They spend time carefully explaining how this was foretold by the prophets, how Jesus is the Messiah that's been promised, and how he's the key to forgiveness of sins. And the key to eternal life. And this is so important. Because the signs are there to testify to the power and the truth of these claims. This gets back to the cosmic power of Christ at work in the world. And so moving us away from what I call the good guy theory of the gospel, the the good guy theory, which says Jesus is basically a good guy, has lots of good advice, can show you how to live a little bit better, be a little bit nicer to your neighbor. This is different. What the signs and wonders do is they tell people That just speaking the name of Jesus, just uttering that royal title out loud, has the power to change things. And that's worth saying in this modern era in which we live. Jesus' name has the power to change things. It changes things for individual lives, and it changes things across the cosmic level at the same time. And I know that that's really difficult to get our heads around. But it is absolutely the same truth that the apostles are preaching in Acts 2. And now we can pray for lawmakers, and we can pray for good decisions, we can pray for elections and processes and programs and institutions. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what we see time and again is that in the book of Acts, there's a totally different way of praying. This way of praying says, Jesus, you have all the power, and I believe in that power to change the world. I believe in that power to change a situation in this room, right now. And I believe that all I need to do to change a situation is to call on your name. That's the difference. That's the kind of prayer that the story of Acts is telling us about. And the Holy Spirit works in signs and wonders so that others can see that power. And then others will come to believe. And that's why it's so important to think of signs and wonders as a public act. It's a ministry that's a public act. For as many times as the apostles practice this kind of ministry in the vicinity of the temple walls, even more times they go out and they do it in public spaces. Now, I believe that every church is called to this, and I believe that our church is called to this, and we we don't often see it because it's quite a it seems quite a hard thing to do. It seems challenging, it seems risky. But in my limited experience, I think what we'll find is that when we do go out there, and I think we're meant to do it sooner rather than later, when we do go out there and just talk about Jesus in a normal way, we'll be amazed at the results People are in need. I don't know if you've walked outside lately, but people are in desperate need of hope. You know, and I, I totally understand that many people across the world are fully frustrated by the life of the church that's changed, by the fact that we, we can't meet as we normally would on a Sunday. And I find that frustrating too. But people are in desperate need of hope in this country and in America in a way that I've never seen before. And I think actually the opportunities are incredibly rich right now for churches everywhere. If you're feeling powerless, if they're feeling like there's nothing you can do, you're not alone, but the hope that we find Jesus Christ is not a hope that's just based on surviving the odds. It's not just a hope of avoiding bad things in life. It's much deeper than that. It's even deeper than the hope of people being healed. It's the hope that the life and power of Jesus Christ will spread throughout the world and that it will change the known world. And Paul, for example, tells us many times that We're to expect that that process starts today, that the world begins to change today because of what Jesus Christ is doing and has done and will do. You know, it's not just a hope of avoiding bad things in life. This week in The Telegraph ran a feature that made me chuckle. Um, The article was entitled, Can the Church of England... Survive COVID. (laughs) Um, I find it humorous and perplexing at the same time because honestly, I don't worry about these kinds of things. And I'll tell you why. It's because I don't even ask those kinds of questions. Because while I serve under the remit of the Church of England and I serve at the pleasure of the bishops, my real concern in every situation is this. Is my life about Jesus Christ? Is my life about making his name known in the places that I frequent? Is my life about focusing all my efforts, all my goals, all my energy and strength on serving Jesus Christ? All the meetings, all the conversations, all the church business, the finances, the accounts, the plans, are they focused on glorifying Jesus Christ? and that alone. Now let me tell you, sometimes I fall short, quite a few times I fall short, and my family would be glad to back me up on that statement. (laughs) Um, But if this is the measure of my whole life, if this is the way that I think through my own existence, and, and I would encourage you to think of your life in this way, if that is the case, then all other questions pale in comparison. And that is what it means to follow Jesus. I think, I think that's what it means. It's what it means to be a disciple and it's what it means to follow the way of the cross. If you can stand up today and say, these are all the parts of my life. My finances, my job, my family, my conversations, my marriage, my hobbies. Are all these parts focused on the fact that Jesus is Lord? Then Jesus will be Lord of those things. If you invite Jesus to be Lord of those things, he will be. And that's the power of his faith. I'll never forget leading an Alpha group with a motley group of folks. One was a psychopath who believed that he was the actual St. Stephen, reportedly had several phone chats with the Pope a week. Another was in recovery after being a drug addict. Another was a recovering alcoholic. Another was an atheist. I think God's working on him. And the last was Sarah. Sarah was the successful, modest, middle-class homemaker who'd raised five children. And after hearing several of these amazing conversion stories, she finally spoke. And she said, you know, sometimes I think when I'm doing the washing up after dinner, I think to myself, I'm going to do the very best job that I can do with this washing up. And I'm going to praise God in my heart while I go about it because I may not be a missionary in the outback or, I, or a monk or, or I may not have a dramatic testimony, but I know that when I commit to glorifying Jesus Christ with my dishwashing or with any of a number of mundane tasks, I get this amazing feeling. It's a feeling of love And she said, I know that in those moments, God accepts my offering. Whatever we're called to as a church family, wherever our vision takes us, whatever our mission statement is, if we keep hold of that simple truth, Jesus is Lord of my life then we will be after the kingdom of God. And for us as individuals, as a church, that's all that matters in this life and the next. And from that, everything will come. Growth, mission, evangelism, outreach. A time after COVID, you know. Think about the memories. Think about how we live life differently in this period, in in this COVID crisis, and afterwards, if that is true of our life, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and let that define every part of who we are, then we will be after the kingdom of God. And so there's no secret, there's no mystical concept that we need to Understand there's no theological complexities that we need to grasp, really. It is simply this, that Jesus Christ is Lord and let Jesus be Lord of every aspect of our life. Lord bless you and keep you and go with you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.